Hey, you want some cupcakes? What about some cookies? How about some delicious cakes? Of course you do, because you're not a dummy. You know this is the perfect time to snack up. So do yourself a favor and check out Tailored and Crafted. They're a new Chicago-based online bakery that brings you an amazing rotating menu of mouth-watering treats. Here's how it works. Every few weeks, they offer a variety of homemade cookies, cupcakes, and more. You email them at hello at tailoredandcrafted.com and place a big, fat order. Yes, yes, and yes. Then, you cruise up to Rogers Park on the designated day for a convenient pickup. Bing, bang, boom, you're eating treats just like that. To find out more about their latest mouth-watering choices, shoot on over to their website at tailoredandcrafted.com. I was told I should spell that. That's T-A-Y-L-O-R-E-D-A-N-D-C-R-A-F-T-E-D.com. And then jump on over to Instagram and Facebook and give them a follow at Tailored and Crafted. We'll go. We'll do it now. And pick me up some cookies. Tailored and Crafted. Baking, exploring, creating. Hi, I'm Brian Arzell. And who the fuck are you? <laughs> Settle in as we begin to tell you about some friends. Folks you know in Chicago and some you've never met. We'll talk about the things they say and do. There's a question posed to old and new. Who the fuck are you? Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. This is Kevin Alvis, and welcome back to another episode of Who the Fuck Are You? My super sweet podcast where I introduce you to the talent of Chicago. Oh boy, oh boy, it's been a few weeks, I tell you that much, but with the help of our friends, family, and a solid therapist, I think we're all going to get through this just fine. My guest today is a stupidly talented individual. He is an award-winning actor. He is an award-winning choreographer. And now, to top it all off, he started his own clothing line. What? Who does that? My guest today does. Please welcome to the show, Brian Arzell moment of like can they see and hear me can they see and hear me <laughs> <laughs> how you doing man you know i'm doing all right as good as we can be in this Great. moment in time <laughs> <laughs> well, i appreciate you coming in and hanging out with me for a little bit of course. um how uh I, I hate to ask all my guests the same thing but how are you handling all your past year of covid um in the beginning i mean i've gone definitely gone through waves in the beginning it was uh it was very much like, you know, the, the typical cycle of, you know, doing nothing, depression, really motivated, active depression, <laughs> staying at home, motivated, <laughs> activated depression. So like, yep, that's, a, uh, that's a great way to explain the past year, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it's, I mean, it was, it was necessary. I think as awful as it has been, um, well, it hasn't been as awful, it, it's, I think it was necessary. Uh, I think we kind of like brought it upon ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it was definitely needed time that we didn't know that we needed. Um, I, and I say, and I can comfortably say we as in, as in a universal we. I mean, I know mm -hmm. I needed it, but I believe, I truly believe that the, the world needed it because oh, of just all of the things that have come out of it you know like yes yes it was it was awful to be 
I mean, it was devastating to see all of my largest um, contracts and gigs and what was going to be like my biggest financial year and oh, all of those no. things, just those things just like slip away. Oh. Like all of that stuff was like traumatic, right? But mm -hmm. in hindsight, the things, the the knowledge we've got, we've gained, the foresight we've gained, the, the kind of... Um, the kind of like world, the view that we kind of gained with everything, with all of the reflection, with all of the um, the time alone and the time to look internally and like really expose um, things that weren't right, you know? And I think oh, yeah. it there are, there are a lot of things that would not come to fruition and would have not been um, brought into the light had we not been stopped universally, Absolutely. you know? I feel like, like Mother we were Nature all caught up. I feel like mother nature kind of put us in a timeout and said, I think you guys have been fucking around too much. I think maybe you need to sit down, think about what y'all have been doing and then see if you can't figure out what's wrong and fix that shit. Because otherwise Absolutely. no one's going, Absolutely. no one's going outside because again. It, until mean, you get. it was a thing where we were, I think the universe was just like, okay, you know what? Let me stop you now before this gets <laughs> even worse because you're headed in a direction that's not going to be good for you. So let's, let me just stop everybody right now. Mm -hmm. And then, and I think also it was a great unifier too, because like, it wasn't like it affected, it, it wasn't like only one group was affected. It right. was like everybody. Everyone. So it was like, everybody, we all have this common, this common bitch named Miss Rona that came <laughs> through and was like, I'm shutting it down. <laughs> the great equalizer is here. No job, no job, no job. Like it was like it was the great unifier, you know. And it was like it made us all go, "Oh, well, shit, okay." Um, but like there were, I mean, there are, there are so many things that wouldn't have gotten dealt with that would have been talked about mm -hmm. because we were all just caught up in our own little races, you know, running our own little hamster wheel, not realizing that we're in a row of wheels. I mean, that's another thing that the this this time has done, right? It's made us all hold on to people a lot tighter and like bring people a lot closer and because we were just so caught up in everything like before there would be weeks before i talked to my sisters you know right. uh, only because i was like in a show or i was doing this show or i was choreographing this or i was mm -hmm. doing this thing and so and it was just like time just slipped but now it's like if i go a week without talking to my sisters it's like you know are you okay what's going <laughs> on right? what's going on i haven't right? heard anything you know i mean like yeah it's, it's, it's like now it's like we're constantly checking up on people because like i haven't heard from you in a couple of days are you good are you okay um because you know we we realize what that distance is and it's kind of like magnified now that we're like sitting still mm -hmm. you know uh and you where, where do you hail from then you're talking about you've been able to go home for a while where are you from originally i'm originally from detroit okay what brought you to chicago was it for uh performance and just in general or did you get your further education here or what brought what what attracted no, you to the I, city it was it was definitely for it was for the theater scene um i wanted to go somewhere because i do have a younger sister and i had an uh i have a niece and a nephew um and also just i had previously before moving to chicago i was living in europe i lived in europe for like six years so oh, wow. i wanted when i came back i wanted to go somewhere that was still closer to home that i could get back frequently enough um that i could like visit because i've been away for so long mm -hmm. but also i wanted a place with like a thriving theater scene and i didn't want to go to new york <laughs> you spent you said six years in europe 
Yeah. Wow. Was that for education or were you just like, fuck it, I'm going to go see the world for a little bit before <laughs> I start settling down? Um, I was performing. I was performing and teaching English through uh, drama and theater-based activities. Oh, that's so, amazing. Um, so I originally went there to like very long and traumatic story short. I went there, I moved to London on a lead for an opportunity mm -hmm. that turned out not to be an opportunity. Um, and so I was just like there like, well, I'm here though. Um, and so I was there for about three months um, and then I auditioned for a company that was in Italy. And I got that. And then I stayed with that company for like three years. And then while I was there, I auditioned for another company that was in Germany and I got that. And so then I was in Germany for like three, nine month contracts um, and then bouncing back to Italy in the summer. What was your favorite region? Like, where did you have a favorite spot that you liked to, that you worked? Um, like, I mean, it's a couple like the um, one of my favorite places. Well, Tuscany and Italy is Ooh. just. I bet. It's just insane. I mean, Rome, obviously, because you're like, this building, this column that I'm touching isn't <laughs> older than my entire country. So right. that still <laughs> blows my fucking mind. It's we, like, were, we, were, we were, my wife and I were watching something. Oh, we were watching, we've been, <laughs> we're Survivor fans and we've been catching up. Hulu has every season of Survivor. So we're watching all the ones we missed. And I think it was the one in China and they went to a, a, a village that was a thousand years old. That was still a working village where people still lived and just had right. everyday life. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Thousand years old. It's wild. It is like the there's definitely a charge. Phones. Yeah, you feel like a charge to stuff like that. Like touching. I mean, I always thought I would get in trouble because I would just love to just like touch the pillars and buildings. And the thing, mm -hmm. the beautiful thing about Rome that's so cool is that it's a. I mean, now it's getting a little bit too commercialized, but you mm -hmm. know that's what happens. But like, there's a mixture. There's kind of like this fusion of ancient and modern, because you'll have like this modern housing establishment or building right next to these ruins oh, wow. and it's like they just live in the city together it's like what is this place <laughs> um it's like but, sitting right in the that timeline it's like it, where, exactly where, where it's, really, it's really strange but really cool but just like really strange that you oh, have this like amazing. <laughs> 2000 pillar no pillar next to this like starbucks it's like yeah, what? right <laughs> that has a pillar that looks like the old one but that's just they just put that up a few minutes but ago, that was so. just new <laughs> right that's it's no big deal it's actually a coffee um, dispenser you just open the door and get the coffee exactly. out exactly like that's, it, it's, a new it's thing. really odd um but like but definitely yeah italy there's so much, so many gorgeous things about Italy, but what I loved most about Italy were the small, like tiny villages that we mm -hmm. used to perform in sometimes. Sometimes I was like the only or the first like black face that they've seen or like the first American, black American that they've seen. Wow. It was kind of like, I was kind of like this mystical creature there. It was really funny because, because like the, you know, the, the black people that they have in Italy, you know, mm -hmm. the African Italians, they're, you know, they're African. So like my, I don't look like them because mm -hmm. I'm very much like an American combination because like my father is Native American. Okay. Or, my, my father's indigenous. My mom is African American. So like I have these red undertones in my skin and like my hair, great, the grade of my hair is just like curly and wavy and different. And so they would look at me like I was a unicorn, especially because <laughs> my hair was like this big too. Oh, wow. I was turning there. And so it was just like big and wavy and they were just like, what is it? <laughs> it's like, okay, calm down. <laughs> like I'm not a treasure troll. Back like <laughs> fuck up for a second. Just let's bubbles here. Bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> let's have a bubble. Um, and Germany 
in, in Germany, I think my favorite place is probably Berlin. Berlin mm-hmm. and Hamburg, but definitely Berlin because when you talk about the vibe of a city, which is why I love Detroit so much, um, you know, that's my home because there's a character. Detroit is a character in mm-hmm. itself. And I felt the same way about Berlin. Berlin is a character. And there's such a specific vibe and energy flowing through that city that's just like it's just so cool and you just feel cool just being there you're like (laughs) um well obviously since you back in the states from detroit you're in chicago and going over everything for tonight's show uh your 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 note section on what i do i do some bullet points to talk about Yours is like three times the size of, of most. Uh, you're, you're an incredible actor. You are an award-winning choreographer. You have, um, you were noted as uh, 50 people who really perform in Chicago in, in 2020. Um, you have your own clothing line. Like you do so much shit. Do you, are you, you see yourself more as an actor who's also a dancer and a choreographer or were you a choreographer and dancer first who found the acting bug later? I was definitely, I am an actor through and through. Yeah. Um, and that is, that's, that's, that's the number one. That's Bay. That's the passion. That's the goal. It's always been the goal. What's funny is that choreography was never the goal. Really? It was not even, it was not even in my plan. Really? Like, at all. Okay. <laughs> at all. Like, when I moved to Chicago, I wasn't even thinking about choreography. Like, at all (laughs) so it's wild that like now they're like equal if not choreography is like i get more choreography offers did you than anything was was dance part of your uh theater studies and that's kind of what kind of a little bit like i've always loved it Mm -hmm. you know like i mean from you know growing up i'm a kid of the i'm the kid of the late 80s and 90s so Mm -hmm. like i grew up on music videos i grew up watching Janet Jackson and Heavy D and the Boys and Boys to Men and like Michael and like I grew up watching dance you know what I mean and Mm -hmm. like um and so like I I was that little kid that could just like watch something and like mimic it and like learn things from watching it so I always like danced in my living room I was always the the little kid I was like go on baby do something for like that was me (laughs) um and so (laughs) And coming to America, there's that large, you know, there's that big African dance sequence at the beginning of coming to America before he comes in for his wedding. And I taught that to my, I want to say third or fourth grade class for like a Black history assembly. Uh And I remember learning it from the video and teaching it to the group. (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. So we could perform it. But again, like even then, like I didn't have a concept of what choreography was. I was just like, mimicking a dance that mm-hmm. I learned and like I had no there was no I didn't grow up in a studio like I didn't grow up training as a dancer the first okay. time I trained as a dancer was in university um when I joined a student-led dance group and that was because my best friend who also went there was one of the founders and like I also, also like credit her as my first dance teacher because she she did grow up in a studio and we were always like dance like little things at school or with the theater company we were in she was always the choreographer so um so yeah I came to it so late and and so late like I always had a passion for it and a love for it like Alvin Ailey I've been watching Alvin Ailey since I was a little kid and that's like my I've learned that that's like the core essence of like everything that I do choreographically has kind of that Alvin Ailey has a little way of seeping its way into that because that's what I grew up watching you know um so what kind of pulled you in like outside like who was the one that was like hey I 
want you to choreograph this show for me? Like, when did you, how did you get your foot into that? Um, well, here in Chicago, um, my, per, my debut as a like choreographer in Chicago was with Monty Cole mm-hmm. and the Harry Eight yes. um, with Oracle Productions. That was my first time, and that was in 2016, and that was my first time like choreograph before that everybody knew I did I moved a little bit but I also I had just moved to Chicago like a couple years before that so I wasn't really like known either you know I was just on my grind doing all of the you know storefront theater scene um I didn't even have that many uh have that many colleagues or friends because I was so fairly new Mm -hmm. um and I was just trying to like get my foot in and so yeah he he actually happened through a Facebook post he was like he was already signed on to the show and I believe it was, we had already been cast and he put out a notice, uh, like a Facebook post just saying like, hey, does anybody know this style of movement, which was step or a body percussion? Mm-hmm. It was like, does anybody know this type of movement? I'm, I'm working on a show, I wanna include them, blah, blah, blah. And I just hit him up like, Monty, duh, yes. Like, what are you talking about? And he right was like, here. oh, he was like, <laughs> he was like, oh, I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't want to add, like, I don't know if you want to do both or blah, blah, blah. I was like, yeah, let's do it. Why not? Um, and then like, because from you there, were performing in that just, show as well too, or did you just call Yeah, I was show? in it. Yeah, okay. exactly. Oh, wow. And so That's after that, it was just like, D. boom. Um, and then the, the, then my email was blowing up. Like I, after that, after that show, it was, it was that year, like 2016 in general was such a defining year for me as an artist in Chicago and just like as just a part of the community in Chicago through Harry Ape, mm-hmm. um, I met many of my close, like that's how I met Sidney Charles. That's how I met Wardell, uh, Wardell Julius Clark. That's how I met all of it. That's how I met Michael. That's how I met Monty, Rashad. Like there are all these people uh, that I met from doing that show, what, whether they came to see the show, they were part of it, they were friends with other people. Like that was really kind of like my introduction into my now chosen family here. Um, and that year was also the year that I did Scott's direct from Death Row Scottsboro Boys with Raven, which was also another huge part of like creating my my circle and my family here in Chicago. And accolades and things like that and then I won the Jeff that year and it was just like 2016 was just like the defining year you were a part of all our tragic if I'm not mistaken was the 12 hours of Greek adaptations yes and people asked me if I went to go see that and I said no I did not and they're like well why not I'm like it's 12 hours (laughs) of, of plays of 12 hours and I love going to plays but like two and a half hours is like max for me as and the pl- tragedies too. Like right. it's not even I mean, like it was the. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like twelve, 12 hours of, of comedy shows. You know, it's, it's <laughs> Greek tragedies. In that process, were you were you in all twelve hours? I mean, how did you keep the stamina up for acting for that long? Because it yeah. was a situation where you were out there most of the time, or was it a situation where you were out for like here, but then you had like three hours to kill? Because I know that can just drag a performer down that downtime. Right, right. The thing is like, I think like, first of all, Sean Graney is just a genius. Um, everybody says in his work shows. Because are, you know, like the, the fact that his brain was even able to conceive that mm-hmm. like, cause what he, he took like all of them and lined them up chronologically and then interlaced the stories and like, like first that. And because of that and how he um, kind of like how he divided up tracks 
Mm -hmm. each actor had a track. There were 13, 16 of us. There were 16 of us. And we each had a track. And our track would be, the the track is the list of all the characters we would play throughout the show, right? Mm -hmm. And so the show was divided up into four parts. um, So into eight acts. And so, and everybody had at least two lead characters in their track where they would be the lead in one of the four parts. Um, but there was always one, there was like one that you were like a sub, like a, you had a couple little pop-ins, but you weren't in it a lot. Mm-hmm. And there was usually one that you weren't in at all, or you were in for like a very, very brief moment. Okay. So that everybody had like a little mini break somewhere in that 12 hours, uh, like they had to act off or they had just to, when it comes to like being engaged in salmon and things like that, right? Um, we were all, every the entire cast was in the opener, the opening and uh, the opening act and the entire cast was in like the final 10, 15 minutes of the show. But other than that, it was like all like mixed in okay and so because of that so that's how you were kind of able to last and also the the structure of the show because it was there were eight acts we would go um there would be like act one 10 minute break or 10 15 minute break act two lunch break uh so there was like a 30 like a 30 minute break or 20 or 30 minute break okay and then it was act three intermission four then it was a dinner break and then it was at that time then it was a dessert break and so like they had it broken up so that everyone had, even the audience had time to like break, break. Well, yeah. And he so. like actually, <laughs> right. And he right. encouraged us to like go out amongst the audience as well on oh. our breaks. So that it was, it was like that, that's the, that is the number one show and theater experience I've ever been a part of. Like, really? still, okay. Because it was such, it was one of the hard, I mean, the script was like 700 pages long, but like it was one of the most beautiful and rewarding and fulfilling show experiences because you were, you kind of like, you spent all day with these people, Um, not just your cast, but like, you know, with this audience and you got to go and talk to them on breaks. And so it felt like this little community. Um, And he designed it that way to, you know, to, uh, kind of parallel with the theater of Dionysus or the festival of Dionysus, which is like this in Greek times was this all day, you know, theater festival. Right. And because of that, you're like breaking bread with these people, you're fellowshipping with these people. And then you're, sometimes you're in costume, but you're not in character. And it's like, so it really felt like it was a, such a cool, like mix of like that ancient modern thing, because it was, it was like we were in ancient Greek times and we were mm-hmm. just actors putting on a show. Oh, that's um, great. And so it was, it was really beautiful. You felt connected to these people and the way that the show kind of like rolled it like took you on such a journey of like emotions and like energy that you kind of just rolled that you just rolled it all the mm-hmm. way to the end and then you never like never once people weren't like checking their watches in uh in since you've been in chicago is outside of well because you kind of said it well my next question was like have you had like a what are some of your favorite projects that you worked on it seems like this was one of them um is there a a defining show outside of that that you were like performance wise well i guess i mean whether it's you know with your choreography and dancing or if it's with your acting Mm -hmm. it's like like this was like this is one for like i'll mark this down on like lifetime goal lifetime achievement like this show right here was one of my favorites have you had anything outside of you know yeah i've been very i've been very lucky like and i realize how 
blessed and lucky I've been when it comes to shows. Um, there, there are only a, a couple duds in my <laughs> in oh, my like history here in Chicago. There are great. only a couple. They, they've been like so many of them have been so amazing. And but, that's great um, because Chicago is so full of new works. And we, I mean, yeah. as performers, we know that a new play can fall flat pretty quickly, just depending on how much development it had. Uh, so that's great to hear that you've had like very few duds. Cause that's impressive. I yeah. Think. It's been, it's been, it's been, I've been, like I said, I've been very, very lucky. Um, and even in the choreography realm as well, like both of those, I've been very lucky. I've ticked off some like goal, like I always wanted to choreograph the Wiz and I always mm -hmm. wanted to choreograph the color purple. And I've done both of those. I've always wanted to be in the Wiz. I got to do that. I always wanted to be the lion in the Wiz. I got to do that. And oh, like, that's amazing. <laughs> um, that's I always wanted too. to, yeah, like the Scottsboro Boys was, is kind of like one of those shows that was like, a very defining, art artistically a very defining moment in show. I would say two of those at the top would be, outside of Harry Ape and all oh, tragic, it would be the Scottsboro Boys and Octoroon were two mm -hmm. of the shows that were like, ah, it's so difficult and Insurrection. <laughs> okay, for these reasons. Okay, okay so reasons, all of the shows I've ever done are my favorite. Right. <laughs> That's World Boys because I studied Commedia and that, and I was able to use that training in the way that we presented Scott's World Boys. And oh, it was so it was so beautiful. And we did mask work and I love mask work. And I never thought that I'd be able to do mask work in a show that attacked like racial injustice and like all of these things that I'm also passionate about. So that mm -hmm. that that show was so beautiful and unique. And that again introduced me to my chosen family. Um it, um octoroon because work one working with chuck smith was on my goal list and he directed that show and it was amazing and i was the lead lead and like it started with like me giving this 10 minute monologue and i <laughs> and a goal that i didn't know that i actually necessarily wanted because as a character actor you know you want to do all the you want to do everything mm -hmm. but like there's a part of the show where i fought myself so I actually had to learn a fight against myself like because fight I was choreography? playing both. like yeah I was playing the protagonist and the antagonist <laughs> wow. because of the show uh -huh. and the way it's set up and so like there's a scene where they like go at it and so like I literally had to like fight myself with one hand and one hand was the uh, like it was oh, wild that's it, awesome that's it was amazing so cool though it's so confusing when i was learning it but oh, i'm like, sure i'm sure i could see i'm sure if somebody like walked by your your apartment looked in your window while you were rehearsing at home they were probably like, calling the police like there's a man going insane inside of his home i think he might be right. hurting himself it was, it was very jim carrey-esque too like it was like an idol of mine and so like it was really cool to do that show and to work with chuck smith and again a tackling issues that attacking issues that I'm very passionate about. And Insurrection was like the closest thing I've played to myself on stage, which was really beautiful and heartbreaking and and very uh, and therapeutic and like all of these things that show and working with my, um, my theater hubby, we call each other, uh, Wardell, is like, it was, it, it was synergy. Everything about mm -hmm. it was perfect. Uh, the, the cast we were all friends before it and so it was just like friends getting together to put on a show but a show that was wow. like amazing and Robert O'Hara came to see it and absolutely loved it oh. and was like thank you so much for this this version was amazing like and when you know when you get that kind of stamp of approval from the playwright it's just oh, like that's especially I'm a playwright sure. that you admire it's like oh well yeah thank you like I'm sure the <laughs> like, bar after that? that experience was just fucking 
energetic. Y'all were probably all were like, oh, fuck it. Right. Like, and it was crazy because the first he was supposed to, because we did a remount of it at Theater on the Lake. The first time he was supposed to come, but snow, uh, he got snowed in, snowed out or snowed in because he was in New York. And so he didn't get a chance to see it. So luckily we had Theater on the Lake and we did a remount of Theater on the Lake. And that's, and he came out to see that show and he oh, got great. to come out and see it. And so it was amazing. Um, and that show, was also like a very defining moment for me too because that that year I lost my mom and in in that show at the end of that show I lose my grandfather who was the closest person to me in the world in that show Uh and like he literally dies in my arms and like I have to say like goodbye to him and like all this other thing and so we had the show the first time and in the meet with that show finished in February like February or March my mom passed away in April and then we had to do the remount in August. And so to do that part again and have this moment with, uh, with everything that was already on my heart, you know, after, after that traumatic experience I had in that spring, it was, it was like, it was transcendent to like do that show, like as myself and have this kind of like moment where I have to, have this 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 heartbreak in front of everyone and like in every single night um and that remount was i'm so happy it was only four shows or four or five shows Mm -hmm. because there's no like after that fifth show i was like i'm so happy like i love this show so much and i'm sad to watch it go i was like but also i cannot do this show i'm sure that was so hard but i'm sure it was probably very cathartic to have that kind of I guess you'd say artistic release of those relations, that those feelings, that kind of that yeah. artistic closure, I guess you'd say. I think that's something that I think the arts specifically in performance can bring to certain people, depending on the scenario and, and, and the performance, that kind of release of those emotions that you normally can't, ha- that yeah. you normally don't have a way out, you know, outside of just sadness and sorrow, you know, um, that's, that's, I love hearing those moments, even though I hate to hear those moments, but I love that those moments are kind of can be healing for people, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, mm. um, I saw you, I think it was a year or two ago, host uh, the the Jeff Awards. Uh, for those who yeah. might be listening, don't know what the Jeff Awards are. They are the local Chicago theater awards. They're awards for equity, meaning they're the union workers, uh, union shows and the non-equity, the, of course, they're just the non-equity shows, non-union shows. Uh, and um, I'd only been to two Jeffs ever. Uh, and it was only because my wife had been nominated. She was nominated one year and we went and it was an award show. Uh, I take yeah. it back about three, uh, once when it was still downtown at that hotel. Um, oh, wow. and that, yeah. that was, that was, and it was an award show. And then I went to the one with my wife, it was an award show. And then I went to uh-huh. the second with my wife and it was the year that you hosted. And that was one of the most amazing nights I had had in a long <laughs> fucking time. <laughs> because you put on such a fucking show. Like it wasn't just like, we're doing an award show, blah, blah. You're like, you know what? Right. Fucking award shows. I want to just have the, I want to have a party. And I think that's the thing that misses a lot of times in those kind of nights is that it, it is and should be a party to celebrate all of these artistic achievements of all these wonderful artistic people. How much freedom did they give you that year? They gave me a lot of freedom. Drew Blau was like the, at that time, he was the, um, the director of the, well, the, he was the 
what was his title? Organizer? He was the chair. He was the chair of the non-equity wing okay. of the Jeffs. Um, and uh, Chris Pazanak was the director of the Jeffs. And so I like I had meetings with them and like pitch meetings where I pitch my ideas and things like that. But I was like, if I'm going to do this, I need to do this the way I want to do it. Because at the end of the day, it's like, one, it's an award show, but also we're actors we mm-hmm. we get we get paid to dress up <laughs> and like play on stage right. why are we being so serious and so why are we being so serious. delicate Jesus. with this award show like we we play dress up for money <laughs> right you <laughs> like, made me and plus on top of that you made me pay 50 bucks to come watch this shit in her fucking exactly it's Jesus. like why and also we... 85 dollars for a cocktail and it's gonna take me 10 hours <laughs> to get one in her fucking tame me exactly so it was like i was uh, so as a part of that i was like well if i'm gonna do this like i want to do this my way i want to celebrate i want to celebrate everybody i want to celebrate people that don't normally get celebrated i want it to be a celebration i want it to be fun i want it to Mm -hmm. be a party and because if we're gonna if we're asking people to pay my thing for the goat because i had meetings with him and i was talking about okay this is cool for this year i was like but let's talk about like long-term what the Jeff Award should be. Mm-hmm. Like, it shouldn't just be, although it is our celebration, it's our theater prom or whatever, mm-hmm. the community should be here as well. Like, it yep. shouldn't be just actors in the audience. Right. Like, it should be people who love coming to see shows. Like, it should be open to all of those people. If we're, The artists should be the ones paying the least amount and make exactly. the general public right. pay because really what you're getting is a best of of the year of theater like you're yeah. getting a, a bomb ass review show like a, really? it's a, it's like basically it's... a concert i'm gonna do this thing and these are my bits you know i love a good bit mm-hmm. and i was like this is what i want to do this is who i want to call out these are the things and i was like and they gave me so much artistic control because i was like that's the only way i'm going to do this is if i have like majority of course i'm not going to do anything offensive because i i, I am a brand i am right. also i have my own you know rep and all those things so that wouldn't be even in my character to do anything like crude or crass or like out of pocket because that's not who I am as an individual. <laughs> I was about to say this and it sounded like the oldest man, the oldest man thing to say, but I was just head over heels that night. I had the best time. <laughs> um, I didn't even need all those expensive drinks, but I had them anyway, because I had a good time. Um, and, and on top of hosting, you've won numerous awards, even in this 2020 and shitty 2020, you won two Jeff awards for your choreography. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, you just, you seem to be fucking unstoppable. And on top of your acting, your award-winning acting, and then your award-winning choreography and your hosting <laughs> and, and all this stuff, uh, you have your own clothing line what was the impetus of that where you just one day was like, fuck it. I think I want to, I want to put something out. Like, are, are you, let's start with, how do you start? I get rammed up. I get ramped up. I'm like, here's 15 questions. Now answer them all. Give me all the answers. I'm so excited about all this situation. I'm like, I have a podcast. Um, how, how does one go about like getting started on, on a clothing line? Um, you know, it was, it was, it was something that it kind of grew out of, I've always been interested in like clothing and fashion mm-hmm. and like looks and aesthetic and like, and it's something I, and as I've grown more comfortable with myself and like knowing myself over the years and like um, establishing who I am, I realize that a lot of that I represent or a lot of that is represented with how I dress. My friend, uh, my friend, my soul sister, my 
assistant, my associate choreographer, who I use for pretty much everything that I do, um, Darian Tanay. Mm-hmm. She is who the first time I met, uh, worked with her was on The Wiz, and we got introduced uh, by Lillianne Brown. And so, but that's like my girl. And she actually started, her family has a, um, a t-shirt and print, a t-shirt printing business. Okay. And like, uh, for like, um, and they do a lot of like, their clients are like schools and sports teams. Oh, and gotcha. like, yeah, yeah. Things like that. And so her mom has this business, her family has this business. And she used to always like make us like little t-shirts or little things here and there. Um, and then she started, making her own original t-shirts and and my thing started um as house of arzell right which is the overlying company um is personal styling um photo photo shoot direction and also clothing mm-hmm. and so the clothing kind of was started as like a, a an a, an addendum to the okay. overall business of like styling and blah blah, blah. but and then I was like, and then she was like, well, you could try some of these things. And I was like, oh, cool. Cause it started out with like, if you get styled or if you're one of my clients, I like, I give you a House of Arzell t shirt that I, that's like an original design. Okay. And so, and then it was like, well, I have this thing. I was like, oh, but I like this and I want to do this. And then I started like choosing fabrics and seeing shirts and then like drawing up different designs. And then it just became, oh, actually, wow. I, so now I have a clothing line. <laughs> it kind of like started and just bloomed. And I'm just like, I'm just rolling with it. You That's know, and great. just being like, great. this is where I'm interested in this. This is my passion. I have the resources right now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, why not? Mm-hmm. And my whole thing behind House of Arzell in general is about, because I've, I've gone on this journey of self-love and self-discovery that I found within myself um, that I started before the pandemic, but it really kind of like, settled and -hmm. solidified during the pandemic and all this like reflection in me time and i want that for everybody you know i Mm -hmm. want i want i want you to feel i want you to feel you in your clothes and feel great in your clothes but i want you to feel love for yourself and the ability to express and be and, and be able to yeah just love the skin and the clothes that you're in and so a lot of my things are things that like magnify that or in different aspects of that. Like I have the Baldwin collection, which is because James Baldwin is one of my idols and one of my people. And so I have a whole collection of Baldwin. And I have the Rise collection, which is all about like using your voice to stand for something, you know? Um, Then there's the Be The Best You collection. That's all about like affirmations and like affirming yourself and like being positive and delivering that positive love and light into the world. And and that's kind of like how it's kind of been getting built is like through these different collections like my next one is um let's move which is all like athletic leisure wear and like dance wear and stuff like that and then that's great there's an artistic one coming too um for (laughs) actors and performers Uh, that's it's so nice because i mean i think that's i i love that standpoint of like the basis of your of your sections of your lines are all from that that self-healing that self-love that's permeating out into the world and to other people because it's something we all fucking need so much right now yeah we're recording on the day of second day of impeachment uh second day of impeachment second impeachment jesus christ uh (laughs) and our fucking world is broken and i think the one thing that we need to remember in those broken worlds and amongst all the rubble of bullshit and shitty people that they're are good people and good hearts out there and we need to yeah. find them and let them be and let them rise up and 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 become 
more of a light around the world so more people can feel that way. So maybe we can stop being shitheads to each other and finally for once kind of fucking hang out together. And yeah, I'm, and, a, like, and I'm he, a firm believer in that phrase that hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. Like until we like take the time to like really sit with ourselves and deal with all of our bullshit, mm-hmm. then we can stop putting it off on other people. Right. Yeah. Like that's really why that's really how people that's really what is this is the root of all of this, you know, is people dealing and fighting against their own insecurities, their own doubts, their own regrets. Mm-hmm. And it's like we're we're so we're so conditioned to like fight against it and put all of that negativity outward so that we don't have to hold the mirror up to ourselves. But it's like, no, actually sit the fuck down and look in the mirror right. and like come to terms with yourself. Like, cause that's the only way, like, how can you permeate? How can you, how can you have this like aura of love or light around you when you don't even love the things that you don't even love yourself fully? You say right. that you do, but do you really? Right. You know, and so we got to stop, got to get through all that muck and like mm-hmm. deal with the reels. I don't care what anybody says. If anybody says that artists and performers aren't hustlers, they can go fuck themselves because everybody I know you. who's crushing in the game <laughs> is just always finding a way to create and be able to live the life they want through that. And I think the fact that you're able to do all of these amazing things and make an amazing life out of that stuff. It's really, really impressive, man. I, I, I think, I think you are definitely a powerhouse of, of talent and uh, of humanity. And I think that's great. I mean, it's tough right now, but you got anything coming up? Um, actually right this week, um, I am working with Metropolis Performing Arts Center mm-hmm. and we're doing a virtual Sherlock Holmes. Um, it's, it's Baskerville, the mystery of Sherlock Holmes. Um, and yeah, we're, we're recording, we're filming that this week. So um, that is going to be out for release in February. Oh, great. Yeah. Late February. Um, and so that, and I am Sherlock Holmes. And so that, oh, that's, been, a, that's been really great. Those are, that's like, that's one of the, (laughs) I couldn't tell you the last time I sat down with a script. I'm sure somebody was like, memorize this. I'd be like, well, memorize what we talk about now. And I just put it next to the camera and read it because that's what I do now. But um, that sounds amazing. Uh, Where, uh, when is that coming out? You said in February, where, where, if somebody want to check that out, where can we find that? Um, They can just go to the website to um, Metropolis Performing Arts Center website. I think it's metropolisarts.com, I believe. Um, but yeah, their website, it's, it's a part of their season. So, cause they're just doing a virtual season. Oh, okay. Um, and so if you just, if you just Google Metropolis Performing Arts Center, it'll pop up. Well, it is that time of the show, uh, that, uh, always comes up at this time of the show, which is the dumbest yeah. thing I think I've ever said. Uh, it's a new, uh, not a new Jesus. It's the old <laughs> because we're several episodes in, uh, it's a section I like to call same three questions. And this okay. is three questions that I have asked all of my guests, never varying. It's always the same questions. I'd like to learn a little bit more about how you think. Uh, so first question is, number one, if you could have a superpower, which would it be and why? Oh, I would love level six telepathy. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, so that's like Professor Xavier Jean Grey level mm-hmm. style. In my hands, it would be used for good, opposed to like I wouldn't like use it to like rob a bank or something stupid like that. Like I would use it to be like, mm. get this man out of office. Or, like, uh, <laughs> Can't everyone, everyone see how folks. insane this man is now? <laughs> um, a power. If there was a power that existed 
this is gonna sound really cheesy and really corny and very Mr. America. No, that's why we're here. Let's I do like it. to say Mr. Mr. Universe because America's tripping right now. Um, <laughs> right now is like if I had the power of like. I don't know, the power of love. I don't know how to way to say that, but uh-huh. like a way to like um to push, I don't know, compassion or oh, yeah. or, or 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 that into people. Yeah, yeah. Like like I would a mood like a mood regulator. Sure. Let's yeah. say that. Like a mood regulator. Like a super care I would bear. I love that power. Yeah, because I'll just be like a uh, straight up yeah, care bear stare. Like yeah, yeah. straight up straight out the chest. <laughs> Everything's great. Just rainbows yeah, exactly. and flowers and everybody's cool. Yes, exactly. Oh. That would be my power. <laughs> I love that power. That's great. And also you get to shoot cool shit out of your chest. Okay. Uh, question two. If after you died, you were reincarnated as a sandwich, what type of sandwich would you be? It'll be, it'll probably be a ham and cheese on a croissant. Ooh. Because you know. I got layers, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> and the cheese will be like provolone no it wouldn't be provolone it'll be like asiago okay um, because like asiago is like the italian american the italian cheddar type of cheese and italy is so close to my heart and a part of me and like a good cured like brown sugar ha- brown sugar obviously because mm-hmm. i am brown sugar but also <laughs> yeah just brown sugar ha- yeah i think it'll probably be like a ham a ham and cheese on a croissant. Great. Uh, and then finally, hey, Rian, blue or green? Blue. Oh, I'm sorry. The answer was green. Green. The answer is green. How is the answer green? Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> and that's my on? bit. It's always <laughs> the opposite. Um, thank you so much for coming to hang out with me tonight. It has been a, a, a damn pleasure getting to chat with you tonight. Um, uh, if people wanted to find you on social media or if they wanted to find out more about your clothing line or even make purchases, things like that, please g- please give us all the information on where we all can find you and follow you so we know what you're doing moving forward because, Jesus, you're doing everything. Even in COVID. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, well, uh, please, yeah, please purchase. Please support. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I make it really easy. Branding. I'm Brianna Arzell on everything. B-R-E-O-N-A-R-Z-E-L-L. That's me on Twitter. That's me on Instagram. That's me on Facebook. My personal page and my artist page. <laughs> that's also my website, BriannaArzell.com. <laughs> like, because like I I love my name. Um, it's I love my name, name and it's a unique name. So like it's always available. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm just like, okay, great. Like, so it really is like Brianna Arzell. Follow me, um, House of Arzell, H-A-U-Z uh, of Arzell, A-R-Z-E-L-L on Instagram. Um, and then, yeah, that's also available on my website. My shop is on there for uh, my merch. Also coming out in February, mm-hmm. there's a new line coming out in February, as well as more things, more items, such as like uh, notebooks and mugs and Ooh. tote bags and aprons. <sighs> Um, so things uh, outside of just clothing as well. I fucking love merch. I love merch. I'm a sucker swag, for merch. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, I love it. Swag is the way to go. Um, and also, yeah, Brianna Arzell on Tinder as well as Match.com. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
everywhere. Corby. <laughs> you can find him everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that's that's. Oh, wouldn't that be that. amazing if we made a fucking love match from the podcast tonight? That would be. You, I would deliver. I would deliver your first testimonial. Oh, that is. <laughs> I, I will take that. I, we're going to put that out there. We'll we'll make sure that people are fucking looking for you and swiping. Right. He's ready. <laughs> yeah. Well, but thank yeah, you. that's where all of my information is. So yeah, just yeah. That's Excellent. Everyone in the world, go find him and his stuff. It's it, it it's amazing. He's amazing. You'll love him to death. Um, thank you again so much for hanging out with me tonight. I do appreciate your time. Thanks for coming. Holy shit! I sure had a fucking great time getting to know Brian. What a just a goddamn swell guy. Uh, go follow him on his social medias, his Instagrams and whatnots, and go check out his clothing line because it's fucking awesome, just like he is. So get on it, you sons of bitches. Sorry for calling you sons of bitches. Well, that about does it for this episode. As always, I'd like to thank my dear friend, Mr. Jason Moody, for this kick-ass theme song. And I'd like to thank you for coming back and listening. If you're enjoying the show, please make sure that you rate and review us. That's how we get the word out. So go, click the stars, write a little review. We'll do it right now please and thank you and be sure to join us next time when we sit down with a new guest and ask them that burning question who the fuck are you blah 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 big talk